Hello and welcome to another episode of the Kid Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Let's get into some shout-outs. Happy birthday to Asher Birchie, who is turning seven years old this month and is a huge fan of the show. Asher, for your birthday, I hope you get a whole flock of birds that do your bidding, and a pocket dragon, and a jar of invisibility powder, and a big bucket of goofballs. I think if you were a character in the stories, you would be a good soothsayer who can grant other people's wishes. Thanks for listening, and happy birthday, Asher. And Wylan and Cerise from Colorado shared some awesome drawings. Those are so good, you two. I think if you two were characters from the stories, you would be new clown ninja trainees who go through the clown dojo challenges and become the newest members of the clown dojo. Thanks for listening, Wylan and Cerise. Today's episode is titled, Oh, Come On, This is Ridiculous, Why Do I Keep Falling Through Portals and Traveling to Strange Places, Part 3. Except, just to keep things short, let's call it Back to the Valley, Part 3. The ninjas and June all stood on the deck of the boat marveling at City Island as they sailed near. It was like a city just rose up from out of the ocean and stretched up to the clouds. There were no beaches as the buildings had been built and added on to all the way to the very edge of the island and beyond. And the spires and towers and rooms really were built up into the clouds, as the sight of them was lost if you looked up high. A busy procession of boats docked, unloaded their cargo or passengers, and turned to sail off, creating a constant flow of boat traffic around the island. Whoa, said Ben-Ben. The ninjas had never before seen a city so huge. June had never lived in a city so large, but she knew about them. Busy cities all over the world where she came from were really not rare. As they docked their boat, tubes came up onto the deck. All right then, Tim and Ray, you two stay here and guard the boat, she said. The rest of you come with me and bring all your things. The ninjas snapped out of there staring up at the city and scrambled to grab their adventure bags and weapons. June had her bag and she followed tubes off the boat and up into the city. It was strange to climb up ladders and walkways and through alleys and on streets while not being on the ground at all. They were surrounded by buildings on all sides, unless they were walking on the outer edge of the city where they could look out over the ocean and be reminded of how high up they really were. Without asking where they were going, June and the ninjas kept up with tubes until they reached a black wooden door. Above the door in red paint were the words, Black Door Apothecary. Tubes knocked, and a small viewing window on the door slid open, revealing two eyes peering out. Once the eyes met tubes, a voice called out, Tubes! The viewing window slammed shut and the door opened. A tall woman in a long black dress stood before them. Her bright smile betrayed the dark image projected from her black hair and eyes. She hugged Tubes and said, It's been far too long. Come in, come in. Immediately, Tubes and the other woman set to chatting, and the others dispersed, wandering around the black door apothecary. This place is amazing, said Tatiana noticing all the rare and magical artifacts in the shop. Weapons were hung on the walls, bows, quivers, swords, and every other thing you could imagine. On tables all through the shop were rare books, potions, ingredients, scrolls, clothing, 
the Black Door Apothecary was a treasure trove of amazing things. June and the ninjas examined everything for a while, looking around while Tubes and her old friend caught up, and Tubes brought her up to speed on their current mission. Ninjas, this is Lorel, an old friend, Tubes said, getting their attention. Lorel, these are the ninjas of Valleytown. Some of them, anyway. I see, said Lorel, looking them over curiously. Your reputation precedes you, ninjas. And you must be the girl from another place, she said, turning to June. The one who can't stop dropping through fairy rings? Yeah, I guess so, said June. Yes, well, I'm sorry to say I can't help you. Not as much as I'd like to, Lorel said. I do not have the crystal ball you were looking for, but I do know where one is. The crows. A thieves' guild here on City Island. They have one. Are they dangerous? asked Bulis. Everything is dangerous here, said Lorel. The crows are no world beaters, but you need to take them seriously. They are many and they are skilled. I've given Tubes directions to their hideout. They would be more than happy to sell you the crystal ball, but you'll have better luck just taking it from them. Good luck. Lorel turned to Tubes for a final hug and some hushed words. And again they were following Tubes through the crowded spaces of City Island. Old Witch Tubes was a small, creaky old lady, but she was quick, and everyone had a tough time keeping up with her in the busyness of City Island. Once they were all sufficiently winded and sweaty, they came to a stairway leading up to a tall door. The door led into a tower that hung out over the water and stretched many stories up into the sky. A few people dressed in all black were sitting on the steps leading up to this door. What's your business here with the crows? One of them asked. We're looking to make a purchase, said Tubes. Word is you've got a crystal ball. The thieves looked at each other and one of them opened the door. Another nodded his head in the direction of the door and they followed him inside. They went through rooms and up winding staircases until they reached what felt like the highest room in this tower. It was like an office. There were chairs facing a big wooden desk, and bookcases filled with books lined the walls, and there were many windows that all looked out onto the ocean. The thief who led them whispered to the woman sitting behind the desk. She stood up and appeared quite regular for the leader of a thieves' guild. She wore a black shirt and black pants, and was not particularly big or strong-looking. So you're looking to buy my crystal ball, she said. Tubes nodded. I see. Well, I hope you brought enough money, because it is terribly valuable, she said. How much? asked Tubes, rolling her eyes, already annoyed by this person. The woman thought for a moment. I will take 5,000 gold coins and whatever boat you sailed in on, she said. Tubes smiled. She knew that if this person was asking such an absurd amount of money for the crystal ball, then it was pointless to continue to negotiate. They would just take it from her. Normally, Tubes wasn't too keen on stealing from people, but stealing from people and stealing from thieves were two different things. Interesting offer, said Tubes. May we see it? The woman took off her necklace, revealing a key dangling from it. 
she used the key to open a drawer in her desk. She reached into the drawer and pulled up the crystal ball. It swirled with magical energy. And instantly, June, Tubes, and the ninjas were drawn to it. It was mesmerizing, and they felt they could stare into it all day long. The woman dropped the crystal ball onto the wooden desk, and the thud snapped them out of it. You're clearly impressed, I can tell, she said. How about you show me which one of the boats is yours so we can get into specific terms? The woman took a step toward a window, nodding to Tubes to join her, and point out the boat that she thought Tubes would trade for the crystal ball. Tubes realized this was their moment. She looked to Ben-Ben out the corner of her eye, and he leaped to the desk to grab the crystal ball. But the leader of the crows proved much quicker than they realized. In a flash, she kicked the crystal ball off the desk and it fell into the drawer. She then kicked the drawer closed and threw the necklace and key right out the window. Nice try. Not really, said the woman. You've been found out, and now that... Before she could finish, Ben-Ben grumbled angrily. He lifted his katana above his head and brought it down upon the desk so hard that it cleaved it in half. It made a huge bang and crushing sound as the desk completely came apart with wood pieces and splinters flying every which way. The woman was shocked and she lunged for the crystal ball as it rolled out of the shattered desk and onto the ground. Ben-Ben dove, angled the tip of his blade under the crystal ball and flipped it up into the air right at June. It hit her in the chest before she had time to react and it nearly fell back down to the floor before she was able to press it against her body with her arms. The woman dove for June and Bulis tackled her. More thieves burst in through the door now, responding to the sound of the desk breaking. The office went wild in fighting. Tubes turned to June and threw a fine powder in her face. June sneezed and Tubes yelled, Jump out the window! Fly down to the boat! We'll be right after you! June ran to the window, placed a foot up on the edge and paused for a moment. They were up so high that she could not make out the little people down below on the boats. From behind her, Tubes yelled, June, go! June trusted Tubes and leaped out the window. She was not sure how flying powder was supposed to work, but she sure hoped it would start working soon. She gasped for breath as her body plummeted down to the sea. She saw the ninja's boat in the distance and her body naturally angled toward it. She imagined herself slowing from a free fall to a float and it happened, just like that. Realizing that her thoughts were going to steer her, she envisioned herself swooping down to the ship and landing on the deck and that's just what happened. Tim and Ray were on the deck playing hacky sack. Whoa, June can fly, sweet, said Ray. The ninjas are up there, we stole the crystal ball, they're gonna come down after me, June said in a breathless panic revealing the crystal ball to Tim and Ray. The brothers scrambled to release the ship from the dock and begin sailing out into the open ocean. They looked up into the city and June pointed out where the crow's hideout hung over the water. They angled the boat near there and soon Tatiana, Bulis, Ben-Ben and Tubes fell from a window all at once. Like June, they free fell for a moment before they righted themselves and landed safely on the deck of the ship. As they sailed off, they could barely hear the screaming and yelling of the crows in the distance. That was a little too close for comfort, said Tubes, 
taking the crystal ball from June. Good work, June. We'll make a ninja of you yet. June just smiled. Inside, she was thinking that if being a ninja meant falling from buildings, maybe she would rather just be a regular kid. The end. Thanks for listening, friends. The website is kidstoriespodcast.com. Send all your drawings and things to kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Adios.